fucking deep. I like it. These guys are jerks. Fucking deep. Bless you, boys. Young men expressing themselves. Unbelievable. Fucking deep. Put it in deep. While watching Kyle's press, I, I think at that point it there was a shift in 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 my thinking at that moment, a dramatical shift in my thinking as I drove home that night that, as Kyle expressed, he might not want to be our GM. And I have to take that very seriously. You know, get pucks deep, putting the puck deep. Put pucks in deep, just put the puck deep. Getting pucks out, getting pucks deep. Pucks in deep. Pucks in deep, pucks deep. Pucks deep, keep getting pucks deep. Mike Ross here, public address announcer for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're listening to the Pucks in Deep podcast with Adam Lesko and Josh Colvin. Well, welcome back, everyone. It's Pucks and D Podcast, episode 111. Let's go. Do we have news? News today. We have news today. We. If you had been within striking distance on Friday, the, the, the Friday that he was canned, which was what, two Fridays ago now? Yes, time's flying. Beautiful day here in Pembroke, Ontario. Josh Coleman, Adam Lesko. Welcome back, everyone, to the Pucks and D podcast. Had you been within striking distance two Fridays ago, we would have done an emergency pod, and I don't even know what it would have been like. <laughs> it might have been a disaster. I'm, I'm thinking, it, would have been, it could have been non-arable content. I'm thinking in hindsight that it was really good that you weren't here because boy, oh boy. Was I on one? On I think Friday. the hardest part was not entirely knowing what we know now about what went on behind the scenes in that small window, I guess, between the time when they lost and then in the time when Shanny spoke. Right. But the, the thing the thing that I the thing that stuck out the most to me was that, you know, we only had one side. Like we only got one side of the explanation and who knows we actually may never get the other side i know i'm sure dubis at some point will give the athletic an exclusive oh yeah you know well one of his favorite toronto guys that he liked you know whether it be jonah or myrtle you know something like that right Uh, guys who are carrying all his water i'm sure he'll give them an exclusive and he'll he'll air it out it might not be for a long time it might it might never happen i don't know but that friday after watching that press conference, I don't know if I've ever been more upset, like as a fan. And I don't mean, I don't necessarily mean wins and losses, like way back in the day when Brian McCabe shot it into his own mm-hmm. net and we lost a, a crucial home and home against the <laughs> Buffalo Sabres and missed the playoffs that year. Like I was really mad there. I went outside and broke a hockey stick, <laughs> right? Like that was anger, but that was from a loss from the team. This is more so like anger at the entire organization for what I was calling at that time an absolute clown show. And I don't know if I'm like, I'm definitely more calm than then, but I don't know if my change, like if my mindset has shifted, like Shanahan had a dramatical shift in his thinking. <laughs> I don't know if I've had a dramatical shift in my thinking. I still think that it is a clown show, and I think it always will be a clown show. 
under Rogers and Bell, right. two competing media conglomerates owning 37.5% shares each. I don't know if the team will ever win under that regime. That's my, that's my fear today. And didn't we have that fear about the pension plan? I thought it was weird how whenever all that came out, we, so like I said, we had no kind of idea what was going on behind the scenes. And then we start he- kind of hearing about the board being involved. And we haven't really heard a ton about that. No. And then everyone else who reported it, I think, said something like, oh, the business as usual. Like, this is kind of the way things have been going. Um, it was interesting to hear confirmation, I guess, of the friction between the two of them from numerous sources. And it sounded like there was just a failed relationship. So it's unfortunate that it didn't work out on the ice and off the ice in the front office. And I think that they just reached a point where it wasn't going to work. So ultimately I was like, well, get another guy, just find another guy. Cause the window we're looking at right now is critical in terms of off season moves. <laughs> we have franchise altering decisions that yeah. need to be made yesterday. And what's this report too that we heard that Shanahan or had left some of the core guys with the impression that they weren't going anywhere. That doesn't surprise me because contract wise they are lined up for a, another kick at it, you know what I mean? I know, but well what what's the point of me thinking after the season though that it would be almost the other way around? I was thinking Keith would be gone, Dubas would get re-signed, and by all accounts they wanted to resign him. And the what made me really mad after the news came out was, well, it sounds like the Leafs wanted him and he wanted to be with the Leafs ultimately at the end of the day and they just didn't get it done. My <clears throat> my anger stemmed from the, the sheer fact that everybody knows, this is not an opinion, everybody knows this. Shanahan literally told us that this was the case. This being up until as late as Thursday night which is the, the night before he <laughs> fucking fired him. Yeah. Up until as late as Thursday, he believed Kyle Dubas was the right man for the job. But had started doubting it on Tuesday. Okay, fine. But the fact remains, let's just use Tuesday then. I'm using Thursday because it's more, you know, it, it helps my point a little bit more because yeah. it's less than 12 hours since he fired him. But let's use Tuesday, which was the Dubas press. Yeah. As we heard from the intro, Watching Kyle's press, I had a dramatical shift in my thinking. And I, actually, to be completely honest with you, I can give that to Shani. Uh, that's fair. It I was think an that that's unusual fair. presser, for sure. But it, how it, it was very honest, which is fine, but not really... Um, what, you mean Dubas's? It wasn't or a great Ke- self-promo. You mean du- Dubas's or Shani's? Dubas's. Yeah, Dubas's, yeah. I agree. It was very truthful. Um, I had some, some, some buddies of mine kind of you know, suggesting that it was negotiation uh, tactics being deployed, you know, through the media, which which I didn't disagree with. Well, I, if that was the case, then they failed miserably. Sure they did. But his a, agent's got to go. But a lot of people have also said that, you know, he overplayed his hand. Right. And, and, and I think an interesting rebuttal to that was, or is, what if he did that on purpose? Like, what if it was, okay, you know what? Either they're not going to go for the deal and I won't have to work here anymore and I'm totally at, at peace with that. Right. Or they take the deal. I get everything I want. And I get everything I want and now I'm totally back yeah. in because I do fully believe that, like I've seen some people suggest that even if he did ultimately return, 
he wouldn't have been in it. And I think that's super false. I think that's total bullshit. Like, I, I, I fully believe that if Dubas ultimately did come back, whether he had some doubts or not, right. he would have been all in and he would have continued to, to build towards It sounds you know, like a winning. chance they weren't willing to take ultimately. Who, the Leafs? The Leafs, yeah. Right, and what I was saying was him risking losing the job was worth it. Because he wasn't sure if he was going to be here. And now mm-hmm. that he's not here, I'm sure he kind of wakes up. Like, I'm sure he woke up Saturday morning, you know, less than 24 hours after getting fired and was probably not very happy about it. Yeah. But I think as time has gone on, he, I'm sure, like, I can't well, sounds speak like the guy. sounds like he's close in Pittsburgh. But it's not, been I would have some to, word about that. I'd be real surprised if he was still absolutely devastated. No. Because look at me. Look it's at a you. business. Like, ultimately, it's a business, right? I'm, like, I, I'm gutted that he's not going to be here for what I believe to be our last dance. Because I always considered this upcoming season to be officially the last shot. Right. If they wanted to keep everything intact. Right. Technically, next season was the last one. And very similar to Brian Burke, let's go. When Brian Burke came here, he asked the fan base for five years. Yeah. And I remember saying to friends and family, whatever, I like that and I'm giving it to him. And that's, me, what, me. that's what I do with Scott. Nobody gets more than five years, which is interesting. If you look in the history of the GMs, but Burke was fired, all five years. But Burke was fired before the final year. Yeah, well, 18 wheeler. That's why. No, I know that's why. And I'm not saying that firing Burke wasn't the right idea. All I'm getting at is I remember being a little upset with how that one went down because I, the fan, was willing to give him the, it was the full sloppy. five. Really, it's just them being sloppy about it is what I think really upset me about how the organization handled it. Anyway, everyone is at fault for not getting the deal done in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? Deuce, I, Shanahan, the board, yeah, everybody, everyone. right? You can just you just blanket that. I, I thought it was interesting when Jason Spezza resigned because everyone's like, oh, my God, like Spezza must be pissed or whatever. But I'm thinking, like, well, he was just special assistant to Kyle Dubas, so he was special assistant to no one there. So what? I guess he kind of has to resign, does he not? I guess, but <laughs> even Dwight Schrute. He's, he's Dwight, Dwight Schrute, ultimately. He, but, but even Dwight Schrute never followed Michael Scott to the Michael Scott paper company. You know, so, <laughs> right. It's not exactly identical, but okay. I, I mean, I, I think you're really onto something though. Like obviously everybody uh, is at fault, uh, but let's rewind. I mean, off, off the top of the show here. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Really excited to be here. Not because not. I'd love to be here live tonight for game one or something like that. Oh, wait, it's not starting until Saturday. The league with the worst scheduling I've ever seen in playoff history right now. We oh thought, my God, June 20th. We thought the Leafs uh, scheduling with the Panthers was really bad. Look at the Stanley Cup final. It's just awful. Multiple three-day <laughs> gaps between what? games. I can't believe it's 33 degrees and there is any hockey going on. It's just wild. Okay. Only, and it's like one of the only leagues still going is like the NHL, AHL, and the East Coast League. Well, and the uh, Memorial Cup is still going right, right. now, obviously, too, as well. Um, okay, I wanted to I wanted to rewind. You know, off the top of the show, I, I pretty much laid out uh, where I was when when the news came down. Uh, you know, what was your knee jerk first? You know, first take. That's why I know what happened. Like, I, I was I thought by all signs too in the media leading up, it sounded like people reporting they're pretty confident that Dubis was staying. So you're thinking, okay, well, this is going to get hammered out relatively quickly. Yeah, and it sounds like they tried to. Right? So immediately you're just kind of thrown for a loop. But ultimately, right away, I'm just starting to think like, okay, who are they going to get? 
But why, like, so for me, I didn't go there at all because what I took away from the Shani presser mixed in with whatever you're reading online from, you know, hopefully the, the known suspects, the Elliot right. Friedmans of the world, uh, yeah. et cetera, right? The guys that you can trust. It, it, it appeared pretty evident to me that, you know, the board and Shani run the show. And what, we, what, you, yeah. said, oh, yeah. what you said earlier really scares me. When, what, the, the approval process? Well, of course, but not, not only that, but the fact that now we know the board is actually more hands-on than we were led to believe prior. I think so, yeah. I think that's an because obvious, I, I, I think that's a fact now. I was under the impression that there was little to no, as far as the hockey ops went. Yes. My understanding that was the purpose of Brendan Shanahan. Yeah, but now it's we know. It's unsurprising, I guess, ultimately to hear that, but based on the Shanna plan, which is now over, there's no more Shanna plan, it's Shanahan's survival plan. Shanahan. Yeah, he's trying to survive. He's, on, he's got two years left, right? So bringing in Brad Schliving from the Calgary Flames, that's awfully convenient that he just got let go from there. And he seems to be uh, have some friends in high places, we'll say, yeah, and, within the organization and, and elsewhere. And listen, if I had to pick one, I mean, I... I you'd have to lean towards tree living. Well, in case you got to do a little roster makeover, because he had to do a lot of that with the Flames. But so he that's just, the obvious appeal for me. The obvious appeal is that he just went through losing Johnny Goudreau for nothing. Yeah, uh, an, an all-time franchise great. Uh, he just walked that plank. Yep. So he may have to walk that plank again with Matthews, and I'm thinking that his experience there will help. Now, what do I mean by will help? If I told you, Lesko, that you could see into the future and you knew for certain that Matthews would ultimately re-sign in the summer, like before he gets to free agency, or maybe even after, like after he sits down with a bunch of teams and they pitch him. Oh, God. And he comes back to... So, well, let's not go there yet. I, that, see? See the panic level, let's dude? Let's not go there yet. See the panic see, level? See, this is the... That's, that but is what job we, number one is signing Austin Matthews ASAP. But what right? if we get to puck drop and then the deadline and he's not signed? What it, about it? Is it an automatic move? Move. Like he Moving. loses his, like True Living loses his job? No, like Matthews needs to be moved because he has no extension and it's March 2nd. Really depends where the team is. Does it though? I think so. How? Because how? Can Either you... that, or you just can't. You just, you gotta stick with him. But then and hope you can, hope you can sign him. And then you don't. And then it's Johnny Goudreau. Then I guess see you later, Jim Trilliving. Uh, I can only keep calling him Jim. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry. Jerry Trilliving. <laughs> no, but uh, come on, let's Bradley. Go. Come on, be honest, man. You can't do that. Why not? Because because Johnny Goudreau, all indications there were that he was going to return. Reports said that. Tree Living was confident in it right up until he found out that he wasn't. Yeah. So we're because th they threw all the money at him. He still didn't want all the money. We're kind of there with with Matthews. I know you can't compare the two players. I know they're different players, different cities, different backgrounds, all that stuff. Yeah. But by all accounts, contractual like, status. By all accounts, same. Matthews wants to be here. So I guess you know we'll yell about that in another episode next season, won't we? Oh my God, dude! If he's unsigned, it's going to be. Remember how much you hated the William Nylander talk. When yeah. he was holding out, you you almost specifically asked me, "Can we not? Can we do not do it? Can yeah. we not do Nylander this yeah. week? Because that was back when we were recording every single week without missing a beat." And you're right; it was difficult to talk about Nylander again and again and again. But as it got closer and closer to the deadline, 
where he was ineligible to play for the whole season, it got more important to freak out about it. Yeah. And we have a, a channel, a podcast, where we can freak out about it kind of to each other and vent a little bit and out to the public. I, I really I, – I'm, I am scared that we will get to that point with yeah. Matthews. And the reason being, Lesko, is because if you put yourself in his shoes with what has gone down – with Dubas and Shannon. I don't think it's like, oh my God, you fired Dubas? Boo-hoo, I can't sign my extension. No, no, but there is a relevant factor there, Lesko, because what's the vision now? Where are oh, we yeah. going? He's, he's going to have to hear that. He's definitely going to be interested in that, for sure. That's obviously going to be... He's going to have to hear the plan. And I, I'm wondering, too, uh, considering how short the interview process was, uh, it sounds like they didn't even interview that many other guys, and the ones I swear were decoys because it was like Shirelli, I heard Shirelli's name and Bergevin. Yeah, I think they're just decoys. I don't Dude, think I those was, are just like hey, you know, like no, you have to interview three people before you can hire someone. And it's like okay, yeah, yeah. and then hey, just get those other guys. I'll tell you right now, though, uh, hot take possibly, but I would not have hated Bergevin. I was wondering about the name Dean Lombardi and he why was, it didn't come up. Well, he archi- he was an architect of the Kings. Well, and, sus- and sustaining a good team for a for long time, years. right? Which yeah. is obviously what Shanahan wants to do, based on what he's saying. Yeah. Here's okay. some interesting uh, tree living contracts. Some of his work. Oh, great. Now, are you going to bring up Mason Raymond? Well, some people attribute this to the Calgary tax, right? Is not having what he's going to have in Toronto, which is a a huge support, way more money as disposable. Uh, you know. The Maple Leafs have in place things that he apparently wanted to already invest in glad, over in Calgary. I'm glad you brought that up, like hockey science. Correct. And, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it sounds like with and especially if the Leafs can keep Pridham around, and that guy I think will help them as well in terms of these navigating these cap issues, especially with a long term vision and not end up in a Matthew Kachuk situation. Right. But right? Bef- but before you continue with the contracts, this is a great little segue here. Mm-hmm. Like. I'm assuming that he wouldn't have had someone like Pridham or perhaps as good as Pridham to lean on to say, hey, listen, I know you want the guy, but you simply can't do that extra 750000 It doesn't seem like a lot, Brad, but you can't. Yeah. I, well, I, what do you mean I can't? You just can't. <laughs> and, then, and then maybe he doesn't get sucked into some of these deals that you're probably going to bring up. So uh, it seems that the main theme here is giving aging veterans term. Yes. Right? And often players want term for just security and obviously longer periods of time getting that money. Is Troy Brower on that Guaranteed. list? Guaranteed. He absolutely is. <laughs> okay. So the Huberto deal is 10.5 for eight years. How old is Huberto? 33? Right. 32? I'm not exactly sure. You can check me on that. Okay. The Kadri 7 by 7 deal. Somebody was going to sign it. We, we said it at the time. Somebody was signing them. Uh, the Monahan six point three for seven. Yeah, that one was pretty ugly. Almost the Marksum six po- times six. Make of that what you will. Oh, I, I'm okay with the Markstrom one. To be to be honest with you, the James Neal five point seven five for five. Oh man, that is a Clarkson esque deal. He ended in like the AHL with that one. Didn't he only like he <laughs> went? He scored twenty goals every year for a hundred years. Yeah. Then he went to Calgary and he scored like seven. It was terrible. It was terrible. Mackenzie Weger is twenty nine years old. Okay. Um, the Coleman deal four point nine for six years. Uh, Hiller four and a half for two. Brower four and a half for four. 
Yeah, that that's for a leak four point three by five, which again impeded the t- uh, Kachuk situation. And you know you're you're rhyming off bingo, <laughs> you're rhyming off bingo numbers, which isn't like the greatest podcasting. But what what would be best for our listeners is to pull up this list because it is available on the internet right now. You pull up this list and you'll actually see the years because yeah. Lesko saying so. These hey, are all UFAs too. Yeah, these are UFAs, and Lesko is pointing out the name and the and the number value. But you have to relate that mm-hmm. number value to 2016 when yeah. he when he did it, right? So uh, the interesting thing too is the Leafs have largely avoided this. They haven't given term to anybody at all throughout. It seems like the Matthews era. It's yeah. always been keeping guys on short to short term deals and picking up guys out of the scrap heap. What's the which, longest one? Tavares and then Riley. I think Riley's extension would be probably yeah. one of the longer ones. Yep. Should probably have Cap Friendly up in front of us right now, there to be you honest. Go. So some of his better contracts, because that portion of the list is kind of ugly. Um, Giordano, 6.7 for six. Um, Gaudreau, obviously 6.7 for six years. Uyghur, 6.2 for eight. Hamilton, 5.75 for six. Hannafin, 5 million for six. And Lindholm, 4.8 for six. So those are all pretty good contracts. Those are. But those um, are all extensions as well, which is interesting. What I like, too, is that um, he has shown to be a little bit more uh, geared towards the, like, the defense and the size aspect, like playing hard. Right. Um, which I like, like when you look at some of those uh, signings that, that he had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also think it's difficult, man, to, to pull up a list and kind of look at it like in this vacuum. It, it, that's not really how the world works. Yeah. It's, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Like I, I'm not knocking the guy here or anything, obviously willing to give him a chance. Like there's no, um, I'm not in one of those places where I'm like, screw this guy. We should, we should still have Dubis or, um, I think in some way he's going to do a bad job. We'll see what he, how he does. Right. Much like Dubas, too, over time, learn from his mistakes, I'm sure. We, yeah, saw, du- we saw that growth with him when he was here, and you see it in Calgary when, uh, for a guy like Treliving. Tre so I think, I think it would be interesting because I, it made the summer get a hell of a lot more interesting now that there's a new set of eyes and a new uh, guy at the helm. Guy oh. pulling the strings, ultimately bringing the big ideas in. Dude. This is the most interesting offseason in franchise history. So how do we feel about Sheldon Keefe, who's been flapping in the wind this entire time? You know I love Sheldon. Like You know I got the, the bias there. By the way, just... Now, to- did you think he'd be fired after the, after the playoffs? No, no, no. No, what? You mean like without the Dubas firing? Like just if... if, if Before it, anything happened. Yeah, no. I thought he was getting fired. No, I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't think so. I, I thought he was gonna be the fall guy for sure. I didn't think he would have deserved to be either personally. Like I'm not saying that he's uh, a perfect coach uh, or that he can't improve either. Um, but I mean, he's the most winningest coach in franchise history. Game three felt like he lost his. I thought he lost his job in game three. You know what though? There, that was a tough one. Th- there was uh, Kyle made a, a point to that in game three specifically about a, a shift in the way the, the, the team played, which actually, you know, kept them in, in the game. I, I don't know. I'd have to watch the game. They, back. It was terrible. they they, I mean, they almost won. That's, That's the crazy part. <laughs> they the almost won part. and they were awful. 
They were awful that night. They, and this, you know, the big guys, I understand the numbers. You're more likely to win when they're on the ice and giving them the same opportunities over and over. But you got to find out who's going and who's not going. My, my, my issue. The that, bottom six was going in that game. Yeah. And that was, they made the rest of those guys look like fucking jerks. They did. Like Lafferty was out there being our best player. Hey, Lafferty, Daniel Achari. was unbelievable Lafferty out there. Did. And please resign Achari. Like if you do one thing oh. to make me happy, if they can keep that guy in the fold, they need more guys who play hockey like him. So my biggest issue with Keefe was his unwillingness to split Matthews and Marner. Or even just stack a line. Well, he would stack lines, but, but like they once always or twice involve, they here always and there. I mean, Matthews like starting the game with like O'Reilly on the top line or something. Yeah, you know, I mean, throw, uh, throw Nylander, uh with Marner and Matthews. I don't care. But the uh, the problem is obviously in a lot of it in the forechecking. They were very inconsistent in that series compared to the way they played the game against the Lightning. Yeah, the other thing that I thought completely changed uh, between the two series, which really grinded my gears was their unwillingness to shoot from the point and, again. And get more in the dirty areas in front. They won the series against Tampa by shooting it by from t- the point. By tips. By tips. Yeah, tips. It's three yeah. in one game. Yeah, sure, you're right. But tips, rebounds, yep. whatever, screens off a body and in. you know, And then they completely stopped doing it against Florida. And lo and against behold, a, great goalie. a couple of the goals that we ultimately score in that series were garbage from goals. the point. Terrible goal right? shot by Gustafson finds its way yeah. through. Garbage man. goals, man. Like tapping them, tapping them in at the side of the net off rebounds, all that stuff. Like why? I don't, I don't know why the game plan changed so dramatically. It's almost as if they weren't preparing for Florida whatsoever, you know? Yeah, perhaps. But Florida's, I mean, Florida's on an unbelievable run too, like. I, everyone's talking about Kachuk, obviously, right? But he he almost went two series without a goal. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. He ultimately scores a series winner, though. Which no, is no, of course. Pretty I cool. Mean, he's picked his he's picked his time to to come alive. I I, I disagreed with everyone. Big game man. player. I wanted Boston badly. I wanted Boston um, not only for the demon slaying, but based on how that series unfolded against Florida. Like oh, yeah, going going into a game seven scenario, it sucked the life right yeah, out of you. Yeah, I I thought that it was insane, for lack of a better term. Just like term. Florida sucked the life out of the Leafs, it it totally sucked the life of the fans. I I the, thought it, the home fans in game two going to third period down a goal were dead. Oh yeah, our dead. fans were awful. Uh, but I, I I personally thought that it was insane that Leaf fans would be sitting there saying, "Oh man, go Florida, win this game seven. Why on earth yeah. do you want the team that's just come back from three one down? Yeah, to you know they're, and, they're ready to go Bo- on a heater. Boston didn't even know what goalie to play. Yeah, like they, I wanted the Bruins to somehow pull out that victory they were in Game Seven, the headlights. and then they would have come in against Toronto, not knowing who the goalie is, having just lost three out of their last four games. I, like I think it would have been a dream scenario for for the Leafs. They Bruins had been dealing with a little bit of injuries as well. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say that I was scared of Florida for fear of you know trying to make myself sound like <laughs> a genius. But I I didn't want Florida. I thought no. they were the worst out of the two. And they've and been we got so them, hot. And they've it been happened so hot. They got on that heater when they against the Leafs actually during the regular season. And if you want to do a whole like butterfly yeah, effect, right. what if type scenario. Look back to the end of the season when uh, 
was it Pittsburgh lost those games against Chicago? Oh, the one game in particular played themselves out of the playoffs, yeah. allowing Florida to make it. Yes, it wasn't even in Florida's hands at the end of the day. No, it was not. So, which is crazy to think about where they are now, going into the finals, dude. And hot add, as hell. Add in the fact that it wasn't even Bobrovsky. <laughs> no, they started Alex it was Lyon. Alex Lyon who gets them on the run into the playoffs. Then they get help from Pittsburgh, and then Bobrovsky just happened. said, "I'm." I'm Vesna guy again. Right. I you could see it watching uh, in, in game one, game two especially, the way he was so square on every shot. He was way out, super aggressive, seeing every puck. I was like, man, that's a goalie who is dialed in, and we're in trouble. And sure enough, dude, couldn't score more than a couple goals. While while what you said just there is fair, and you are correct. I I, I also I have to say. He was also very lucky early, early yeah. in the series against Toronto. They hit the post Toronto. a bunch. They hit a bunch of bars the one game as well. Remember, was it not game three? He's outshot. Was it not so game badly? three? Fucking eight seconds into the game, Matthews got partial breakaway yeah. and rings it off the inside of the post. Yep. And me and my buddy Greg are in here watching. I go again. Got to be lucky to be good again, bro. And that's ultimately hockey, right? Florida Panthers going on the magical run. So will they? Will they win it, I guess, is the question. Is this 96 all over again? Do you want them to win it? Do I want them like, to win I, it? I don't really care. But, it, like, if, if, you, if I, mm. you know, gun to your head, who do you want? Like, what do you, you know, would you want them to ultimately lose to the, to the champions? Because I, I think there's something to be said about that. I've always believed I that, too. I haven't like, even really actually thought about it. Like now you, you put me on well, the spot. Well, think about it for a second while I explain something to you. Like, as a kid, okay, when I was playing in, in sports, in tournaments, um, I remember feeling some like solace. I was taking some solace as a young child competing uh, in sports that our team lost to the team that ultimately won. So that's why you're on Florida's side? Maybe. I don't really care, but I I just think there's something to be said about that. I I think ultimately, if gun to my head, I think I would say Florida, even though I hate them and I hate Mm. Gudis for cheering in Wall's face and everything. Like, it was really... Yeah, I didn't enjoy that. I didn't enjoy that. It was tough to see, you know? I couldn't turn off the TV fast enough to miss that one. It sucked. And then I saw it on the replay a couple times later, and it's like, it kind of, like, gave me nightmares. Oh, then you saw the... The stick. Oh my god. Oh dude. my god. Can uh, we not do the grabbing the stick? No, thing? I'm not gonna yell about that whatsoever. It just you got you just set me into a, a different place there, a darker, different place there for a moment. Dude, that, that penalty that penalty gutted me. <laughs> I mean like it gutted me emotionally. Uh, things did not go their way at all. They they went from a series where things mostly went their way to a series where Pretty nothing. much, pretty much nothing went their way. Yeah, and that's the play. And they still had their opportunities. Like they were all close games in that yes. series. Yes, it's not as if um, at least Sheldon Keith didn't come out and say we didn't, uh, we didn't lose or get swept. Oh, we didn't get swept. <laughs> didn't get oh swept. my God, Rod the bod. Rod the bod with the quote of the century. <laughs> if he wasn't such a good coach, he wouldn't, he wouldn't make it. With a quote like that. Just refusing to acknowledge the the fact of the matter that they got swept. Do you want a beer? Just, yes, sir. It is uh, moral, really hot here. Throwing a big-time moral victory out there. Uh, yeah, the Leafs won a game, and they did compete really well, I thought, in the last game. It was probably one of the better games that they played, but it was not enough. They didn't, they didn't have enough from enough guys. I felt like the same guys were laying it on the line all the time. Um, I thought some of our better guys struggled a little bit, maybe Brody, McKay, but we're still 
playing with that playoff level of intensity. That how, how good was Luke Shen? Luke Shen was unbelievable. And if the, there's another really one, he's good. high on my re-sign list right now. I mean, he'd have to be. Like, I know he's getting older, dude, but he'd have to be up there in importance. Like, Achari is a must-re-sign. I think Luke Shen uh, you see, is you saw a saw the way he's played with Riley? Yeah. That is um, – I mean, Riley was unbelievable. He was – our MVP, and if not, I guess it was Nylander. Why can't in the playoffs. we? Why can't we compare that that style of pairing? I'm not comparing the actual specific players, okay? But that style of pairing, why can't we liken it to a Eric Carlson with Mark Mathot? Similar, similar example, kind of style. Yeah. You know, obviously Carlson worlds. Uh, come on, let's be honest. Like his, yeah. he, he was top of the planet. There I just for a loved. While. I just loved watching Luke Shen play hockey. I love the way he plays the game, and they need more of that attitude, more of that nastiness in and around the net, I think, to be ultimately more successful in the postseason. Um, <clears throat> Samsonov. Got to keep him, right? Right. but let's, are, are we worried about the goalies this summer? Personally, I'm not. I think that a Samsonov-Wall tandem is great. I think that while Matthews is priority number one, I would have Matt Murray's contract real close to that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe even ahead of it because you need to unload some money before you can start really, you know, getting after it. I think the Leafs have somewhere in the realm of $20 million in cap space, so there's going to be lots for Treliving to work with. It's getting, getting plopped into a pretty good situation. Um, I think that, uh, I don't know, they have like seven or eight UFAs up front right now. So there's going to be lots of opportunity to make the roster how you want it, build for the playoffs, obviously. So it'll be interesting to see who they who they target. And like I said, there's no real Shanna plan. It's like Dewis was the Shanna plan before. And it's like there's an opportunity here at this point, at this juncture in the Matthews era or whatever you want to call it to – deviate from whatever that plan was this is it right like this is where we might see ultimately some real changes but will we though like it it, it might not be this off season in terms of like let's say of the the big guys any of them moving anywhere but this season or next there's going to be changes whether we like them or not i just i i, I need i need to be a fly on the wall or i, I need to be all knowing well, it sounds so like the that, Leafs are very leaky these days. Yeah. There seems to be no shortage of uh, uh, reporters getting scoops out of there. I, I, I just I need to know what the fuck is the real deal here in terms of, like, who's calling the actual shots? Sounds like a collective effort. And are we really fucking serious here like my about running it back with Matthews, Marner, Nylander and Tavares. Are we really serious right now? Do you think about they have running like, that back? Do you think they have to publicly state that tomorrow? Like, will we find that out? Do you figure in the presser? Oh yeah. Do you, like, you have to think they're going to be asked about it. Somebody's going to ask them. Are you planning on keeping those four guys going forward? Well, it's an easy question to ask because you'll you'll just say. Um, you know, hey Brendan, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, it's been reported that it depends you, what uh, that you called the the core players and you advised them that they were likely to stay if it were up to you. Uh, it, like that's such. But a it's not weird... up because it's not really fully up to him. Because if if 
Trilliving comes in there and says, yeah, toss a Marner off to wherever for like a first, two firsts, and these two guys. And yeah, but then Shaney says no. Yeah, but he does not. Is he going to say no because he t- he called them and led them to believe that they're probably going to stay? I, I don't know why he would say no. You know, but but see, I I think you I think you believe that Tree Living is going to be able to like I don't make th- a move. I, I guess my point is I don't think they're I don't think Shanahan or any of them are like all fully on board running back the four of them dead set. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. but how- Like if the right opportunity arises. And if that's the answer, if it's the old, well, you know, I've got to listen to everything yeah, yeah. type answer, then it's like, well, I, I don't think anybody's safe but, ultimately. But, but, but Dubas already, except for Matthews. But listen, Dubas already gave that to us, though. And I thought that was really telling. When, in, during Dubas' press conference, for the first time in his tenure. He didn't say, like, these are my we guys. We believe in We're the staying. players. Yeah. yeah. And so which that, ended up being a footnote of that whole press, so, which was funny. So that, to me, was quite clear that we were going to see significant change. Yeah. And I, I, I really believe, I really believe with all my heart, dude, that Dubas was going to trade Marner. Right. And you think Shani uh, is all in still on these guys? Well, he and made that the, seems to be the he made the fucking the phone call. Right now. And yep. maybe it's not even Shani, dude. Maybe it's some guy on the fucking board who's like. My son's favorite player is Mitch Marner. Oh, God. My grandson loves Mitch Marner, and he let's, met him. Let's at, not at go outdoor. there. Well, why are we not already there now that we know that the board is more hands-on than we, than we were yeah, led it, to believe? So, or so my understanding of how it works is things go up the ladder, just like in any corporation approval process. Essentially, major moves, they go up. And the biggest ones go up to the board. Right. And that's it. It's just the same way that any... Any corporate structure would operate, right? Yeah, I know that. But when, when it's taking three days... Well, when days, you're at media, media executives and it's taking three days to get decisions on things that are time-sensitive... You lose out on a that's trade. That's a problem. So that was an interesting part of the story where, whereas Kyle Dubas, I guess, had pitched this streamlined process um, for him to operate in, which was essentially cut Brendan Shanahan out of hockey ops. Right. Um, so it's, it's kind of... It was a it was a bold move, right? Oh, like you're trying to obsolete your boss, basically. But you see, one of my early takes or thoughts was that perhaps Dubis was fired because he literally said, "I need your job, and I want, you need to beat it." And I think he said, "I think he just said, I don't need you." I and and it's interesting that the relationship had soured so much with Brendan Shanahan, and Shanahan still you know, was able to go past that and offer him a deal. Not just be like, nah, you know what? I've had enough of this. You know, it's not working. It's not, we're not getting along. Screw it type situation that he was willing to just bite it and still offer him a deal. Yeah, but I think, I think it's been reported by several people that there are members of the board that weren't happy with how this transpired. Oh, so, I'm sure because it, again, they were... By all accounts, trying to keep him, right? But, and that's what I'm saying, dude. So that would lead me to believe that th- this ultimately was just Shanahan's spilled milk, pissed off, you're fired, didn't really fucking yeah. think about Which what is well within his really. It, I guess. You know what I mean? Is it, though? Because if it's not working, it's not working, right? If it's not working for him, then it's, it, it, you know, you got to have got, you got to be on the same team, Right. Right. In any business, especially like he said, if a guy's talking about whether he doesn't want to be here, maybe wants to be here, he's like, I need somebody all in. 
Yeah, but why, but why is it Dubis's fault that it wasn't working? What's that? Why is it Dubis's fault that it wasn't working and well, he gets fired? I don't think he what? said. What? I don't think he said it was his fault, right? So no, no, that's but fair. he's the guy who gets fired. In that's this what scenario. I mean. He's the guy with no contract. Yeah. Right? So why? So why? Like, if Dubis took that deal b- previously, like if he already signed the 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 extension yeah. agreement, he'd be the GM right now. Yeah. And what and what would happen moving forward then? Like, he's still the first guy to go if it doesn't work out next year, which which I think next year would know. qualify as the last dance. That's we're the talking about, last dance. We're talking about a situation that doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, you're here, right. So. No, I know it's hypothetical, but like, Dubis is the guy, in my opinion, that gets the blame because he's the one that's fired. So it tells it tells well, the world this I think, is the I guy think that we think is to blame. He gets the blame in the respect that he seems to have overplayed his hand, right, and lost the job ultimately. But then when does Shanahan when does Shanahan get some responsibility? That's the thing. He's he's got two more years on his deal. So I think he'll be judged within a short period of time in and around those next couple of years. Like that's what we're talking about here. We're at a like, we're at a um divergence in the a path, crossroads. A crossroads, so <laughs> to speak, where things are gonna be really different in two years. Well, and Dubas put, Dubas set us up for success in that regard as well, Lesko. There's like no money on. So there's I mean, barely any money on the books for that. He's leaving an interesting situation, and like we talked about, because of the contracts, guys like Matthews, Nealander, Meyer, the way that they're structured, they're just they're inevitably at some kind of turning point here. So it seems like an, an ideal time ultimately to get a new voice in there, right? And it's an ideal time if you are Brad Tree Living. Because you come into a really, really comfy seat. And because you just arrived to the seat, Lesko, it's not very warm at all. Not at all. It's ice cold. And when you look, when you open up the books and you lick your thumb and you flip forward two pages, you're like, oh my God, we have $90 million in cap space in two years. So like, not only can he make some form of adjustments in the, in the now, to possibly win in this window. Like he gets a team that should be considered a contender once again, right. as soon as the puck drops next year. But then he also has the ability to be like, holy shit, like I could be here. I could maybe be here for 10 years if I do this correctly. Yeah. And I set us, our, our, I set ourselves up for success in 20, in 2028. What was he unemployed for like three weeks? That's yeah. Impressive. But wait, didn't, didn't they, didn't the, the flames try and fuck him over or something by not letting him negotiate or something. I don't know. I didn't hear that. I thought, or maybe that was another, maybe that was another team or something. Cause I remember, um, that was talked about with Dubas as well. Like, would there be some spite, you know, by the organization to, to restrict teams from, from talking? Well, to I had read that somewhere that Dubas had not been happy about being denied the opportunity to uh, go after the Colorado Avalanche job back in, I don't know, what was it, 2018, 2017. Shani blocked it. Yeah, so apparently he was, that was one of the first, I guess, breakdowns in the relationship, apparently. So in one of my group chats, there's a guy, I'm not going to call him out, but there's a guy, 
and he uh, pretty clear he's like on the Shanny side, right? And, and in that particular group chat, I think everyone <laughs> but him, I think, was on the Dubas side. Like oh, we were, no. like we were pretty upset with how it went. We all yeah. liked Kyle. Well, like I said, it's, we liked it's Kyle. It's fair to be upset about because yeah, it yeah. was sloppy. It was just yeah, yeah. it didn't go well for anybody. No, no. So we had a bad taste in our mouths, and we were pretty upset with it. And we we're kind of turning on Shanny a little bit. Myself, very much so. I was calling Shanny a fucking fraud because it's like, <laughs> well, he's the guy that apparently is making all the decisions, right? And now he fires, you know, his guy. So I was kind of flying off left field saying like, well, good for you, Shanny. Better hire another scapegoat, you know, so that if things still don't go well, because if your scapegoat comes in and you tell him you can't trade this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, or this guy, um, and, and you can't do this, but we're making, we're making you do that. Like, what the fuck? Why is he even there then? Like, what's he even there for? Is he there to be fired when things don't go well again? Like, I- I'm not sure. We never enjoy the uh, ownership meddling type scenarios that's for sure but back but to if it's if it's you know like they the way it's been described as an approval process it makes sense as opposed to being like i don't know eugene melnick showing up yeah, and yeah. just yelling at different stuff at no, different times throughout no, the day <laughs> but back to the group chat thing so the guy in the group chat that's pro shanny um you know he basically was i thought it was interesting we had a little we had a good little back and forth um very respectful of course uh but he's like you know, Dubas fucking overplayed his hand and was acting like a dickhead. And Shanahan just said, fuck you. I'm the one that gave you this chance because he's the one that hired him and promoted him. Right. And I came back to the buddy and I said, Oh, Oh, he gave him a great chance. Did he? What about in 2017 when he didn't allow him to move? Because what if he could have moved and been a real GM, not some fucking Pinocchio be a real boy. He could be a real boy making <laughs> a real boy. making real boy decisions. Yeah, but he'd be, for answer, another team. he'd be answering to somebody else. They all answer to someone else, right? Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. But do you think the Colorado Avalanche are like the I same situation That's as the a, Leafs? Where I don't know. They, there's a board that makes the decisions. I have no idea how they operate. I, mean, I, I don't like, know what their corporate governance structure looks like. I know you're winning the debate right now, but I'm not <laughs> happy about it because you and I both fucking know that the Leafs are one of, if not the only organization that is influenced heavily, heavily by their fucking board. And the board isn't even like the board for Adam Lesko Enterprises where you own the team or Eugene Melnick where he owned the team and he had a board. Let's pretend Eugene Melnick was a normal person and actually, you know, forward thinking and didn't hate uh, homosexuals and all that stuff. Like, you know, remember when he got all mad and take down the pride flag and all that shit? Like, he's just a bad guy. He was a bad guy. But he had a board, Lesko. He had a board where they would discuss things. So what if he was a normal person and he got along great with the board and everyone was forward thinking and everyone wanted to win, the culture was great? Mm. That situation never would have been that way. And with the Leafs, like... We have a board, but it's not, it's not a, a board like the, in the normal sense of a board. You got, you got guys with suits on, guys and girls with suits on who are working and representing directly competing media conglomerates. It's very strange. Like if it was all Bell or all Rogers, I think it would be even easier. But ask the Blue Jays. <laughs> but now we have like shared percentage for the majority shareholders where – like I just pointed out, it's two com- competing media conglomerates that go coast to coast. Like I, I, I don't think there's any other scenario in this league that even comes close to being as dysfunctional as what we're as what we're seeing. And if you rewind the clock back to the teachers 
pension plan. We, we were never happy with that either, Lesko. No, we never have. And the last thing we want to hear about is ownership meddling and things like that. But obviously they run a certain way and it's worked fine, obviously, for, I mean, we'll say good enough was operated in the time period that at least Shanahan has been here. So you're right. There was a shift in culture. Uh, I think it started with Shanahan and it was continued very well by the addition of Mike Babcock, who I became ultimately to, to despise. But originally, the, the culture shift was, was there. I, I felt very much like the team was, was disconnected more, like the umbilical cord was severed from what we used to have, where ownership was meddling too much. Right. And I'm very... I think they're in a better situation, so that's why I'm not... I guess that's why ultimately I'm not as alarmed or anything by hearing yeah. about the story of their involvement. So, but how again, could you? But how could you not be? I mean, we didn't know that they because I, I, it's been it's been fine. Like we can't. It's not like we can sit here and parse like, well, they made this decision and they did that and they, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we can't sit here and and pour over that and tally up the stats to see who made what decision and how it worked. No, you know I know. What I, mean? I know, but we so can't, like, though. Yeah, what if we could? I think the interesting part about the whole story, too, is that like, it sounds like they want to keep him based on his merit and his performance. Uh, Shannon said mentioned after the trade deadline, he decided he wanted to offer him a contract, pitch right. to the board, they approved, blah, blah, blah. Story goes on, doesn't work out. Um, but there's no... There is no shortage of like ammunition out there on Kyle Dubas right now, for sure. And it's I think the two big ones that stick out right now are the Nazem Kadri trade and the um Matt Murray. The Matt Murray acquisition and the Jared McCann situation. Oh, protecting Justin Hall. A guy who just sniped forty goals this yeah, year. Protecting Justin Hall. Protecting Justin Hall, exactly. Over Leaf legend Jared McCann. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, at, but, and at that time too, I was like, oh, he's replaceable, but how you know, not that easy to replace. But all all GMs have oh, they definitely they definitely do. So I I thought it was interesting because there has been a narrative out there saying that you know on merit alone, you could probably make an argument to let him go anyway. So it's like regardless of how it went down, it happened. Time to move on. Yeah, but you see, I I, I don't think it's fair in hindsight, to say that because he did not lose his job for his performance. No, he didn't. He didn't. But I was just saying it's interesting that that narrative's out there. Like, there's plenty of people yeah. coming out and said, well, he should have been fired anyway because of X and so on. Yeah, and listen, that's a fair opinion to have. But I see a lot of people, I see too many people directly connecting the two of them. Yeah, he, right. got, he got fired because he sucks. No, actually, no. he didn't, though. It sounded like he got fired because he couldn't get along with his boss. This is ultimately one of the largest factors. This was not this was not money, I guess, is the understanding. Because that's what it looked like after Shane's presser. It was about money. Let's be honest. If Toronto Maple Leafs want something, they'll pay for it, right? So it wasn't just about money. There's a power struggle that happened here. Dubas lost. Shanahan won. Moving on. Time to see what happens with them in the offseason. But that's what I mean. Like, are you happy about that? Or are you not I, happy I'm, about I'm that? honestly indifferent. I was not happy I'm, about it. I'm just honestly indifferent. I think I welcome change just because of the playoffs situation. Fair. So I'm like, well, see what happens. Like, like 
there's nothing to base my judgment on right now because they just hired a guy today. And it's like, all right, we'll see what, see what he does. I you guess. I mean, it's not like we got to sit here and parse whether or not we should or should have kept Dubas. Yeah, it's, it's over a, now. It's an interesting situation now that we're in where it's like, well, new guy, what can you do yeah. for us? And my number one priority, and I think we, we went through that, and we mentioned a few guys that we want to see him sign, get 34 done, get Samsonov done. Let's start putting together a lineup for next year. It's true because, the, as I mentioned just a moment ago, the team is clearly going to drop the puck in October as a favorite. Should they be? Ha, ha, The Leafs are third favorites to win the Cup. They never even get past the second round. Yeah, I get all that, but, you know, tell that to the odds makers. Don't tell that to me, you know. I, I'm not saying that they're the third best. I'm not saying that they're, they're a, a contender and they're going to win. Here's but the a fact is they will be a contender when the, when the puck drops. So Here's a question for you. Is Ryan O'Reilly coming back? Okay, so an interesting question because everyone but me seems to believe that he said basically in his presser, I'm not coming back. Right. I didn't get that from his presser. Right. So I don't know. I mean, I think he will come back. It would be fantastic if he did. I feel like I think he I will. feel like if I'm true living right now, one of my big pro, uh, if I'm looking at the trade market for sure and they need a second-line center. I don't think John Tavares can play center in the NHL anymore. I'm sorry. I know he put up point-per-game pace, but he looked... He was a non-factor in that entire series against the Florida Panthers. They were too damn fast for him. It's true, man. And if you look at the responsibilities of a center up and down the Going sheet... Going 200 feet. And you compare those responsibilities to that of a winger, I think he could actually thrive. I Personally, I didn't like... The construction that Keith decide, ultimately decided—he's going to go have with. to change the way he plays the game. He's—he's he's played the same way, same type of player, same game, same position. In order to, I think, thrive as a winger, yeah. he's going to have to adapt. Right, and it's not a terrible transition either because he can forecheck. Yeah, he's good along the is, boards. He is, and, right? and, and while while he wasn't great in the faceoff circle. Uh, particularly in in the series against Florida, he is a good option though to have like as a as an LW on the line with whoever at center. That guy gets kicked out. Okay, John, you come in. Like he's 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 experienced and he's overall in his career yeah. a good faceoff man. Um, I'm definitely so prioritizing a center if I'm GM right now. Other than trying to retain the guys that I want, I'm shopping for a center, centerman right now. All right, let me throw uh, this question at you. Um, I guess it's question period on the Pucks and Deep podcast. Thanks, everyone, for following along. It's been 111 episodes later, and we have yet to really have been very happy. There's been happy moments, eh? Sure. There's been some happy moments. We had fun last episode. Yeah, well, last episode (laughs) was an interesting one. It was our simulcast. We did. Remember, we did the oh, video. Oh, right. That's right. So you mean two episodes ago? Yes. Um, yes episode correct. 109 was a standard podcast. Episode 110 was kind of strange. We did a live video feed after whatever it was. What game was it? The uh, one game, game the Leafs won. Yeah, game four. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Where <laughs> the I, only good one. <laughs> where I can where I continued to scream that we were coming back, dude. That's why the Gudas penalty just guts me because it's like I can't tell you that the Leafs would have won that game or came back and won the series. I can't tell you that. But what but those I can't, possibilities sure kept you up at th- night. That's what I mean, though. <laughs> what I can tell that's you. That's a true fan right there, what buddy. I, what I can tell you, though, is that penalty not getting called ended the season. 
Yeah, it sure did. In that moment. What a play. Like I, I And I got mad respect for Gudis for that play. Not the screaming in Joseph Wall's face. No, yeah. But the, the, the stick whole. The that's, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, Playoffs true. is the great equalizer, right? It's it's almost like the players that thrive understand how to best take advantage of the scenario that you're in, which is when you get second round midway, there are very few penalties called. It's a different game. Like you get away. You saw what happened to Matt Nyes and how infuriating that was. Yes. There were, you could have called all kinds of shit there. Oh my God. They didn't even consider it. No, nothing. Not for a second. Then they find him for the cross check on bunting. Yeah. Which, which in my opinion wasn't as bad. Which, yeah, not even close. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't even close. It was, like, that's the thing. It, it, it's the old, like, well, why'd you slash him or cross him? You could have just punched him in the face. Exactly. And slammed his head into the ice. Yeah, like, exactly. Well, you know, and that's that's similar to the, the nurse and who was it, Hag? Yeah. That when nurse got suspended for that automatic suspension that the league could have rescinded if they chose to do so, mm-hmm. why would he even bother coming in like that and risking a suspension when he could just punch him in the face, drop his gloves right in, during the fucking play. Yep. And and maybe get two minutes, but probably not. Um, okay, anyway, we keep getting sidetracked. That Gouda's penalty drives me nuts. <laughs> it drives me nuts. We've it's touched gonna on it. It's going to stick with you for quite some time. We've touched on it, but we have not ranted about it, so it's fine. I'm, okay, I'm okay with it. Uh, the question that I have for you I have two questions. Um, I'm hoping to remember both of them, and I don't really know which one to hit you with first. Whichever um, one you remember. I will go. <laughs> I will ask you this question. What are you most excited about for next season? I know lots of question marks remain, but, you know, as of mm. today, March 30 or May the 31st. The regular season, very little. No, no, the whole season. Like, what are you most excited about for next year? For next year, like you know, start to finish, what are you most ex- excited about? For I guess next just year? seeing what seeing what the teams like. Considering what I said earlier, I believe that there is going to be some fairly dramatic change. Yes. I don't think it's going to be at all similar to the, the kind of more predictable rosters, and some of that's just by by design, like with the current contract structure within the Maple Leafs. Okay, um, my answer to my own question. I often ask you questions only because I want to answer them. Yep. Um, my Who answer, doesn't? <laughs> my answer to my own question is Matthew Nice. I'm really, yes. really, really excited. Like if there was one positive I could take away from everything that happened over the last, you know, 14 days or whatever, it's, it's been nice. Very because impressive. I, I was really, really devastated when he went out yeah. and he was done. And they said, you it know. It took a lot of the offense off that third line. He was thriving Dude, down was there with O'Reilly with Ma- He was and playing Achari. with Matthews at that point. Yes, he was too. You're, you're right. He did get promoted to the first line. Which is why I was so devastated about it because just mere weeks earlier, I had predicted that. Yes, you had. <laughs> you just kept being right on him nonstop. Just yeah. by being all in on this guy, you've been right so, way too many times, we'll say, in the last couple of months. I manifested it. I manifested it with He's nice. a hell of a hockey player. I'm looking for, you're right. I am looking forward to seeing him play next year. Yeah, like if, you know, it's tough to get excited for the regular season. I liked your, your initial response. For the regular season, nothing. <laughs> you know, and, and we felt that way this year. Yeah. Yet for some reason, I found 
myself out here on the couch watching the games. It's because we're time. old. We have nothing to do. I anyway. guess you're right. Well, I have lots to do. Speak for yourself. That's I, true. I, I, you're I, dad now. I should be cha- changing in, you know, for games for, for more family time and whatnot. But yeah, um, I remember saying last year around this time when we potted in the off season, I remember saying that I was excited at the opportunity to see Matthews again, like chase 65, 60, 70, like, yep. you know, and that didn't materialize, which was unfortunate with his injuries. And he had a down year. Um, but moving forward, I, I, I'm yeah, it's, it's nice. Like it's, I think it's Matthews too, though. Like assuming everything Always. goes well with Matthews, we extend him for four or five years, uh, whatever the case. And then may he be. can recover too. He was pretty banged up and, I thought it was interesting we didn't get that classic. We just got dummied in the playoffs injury list that's 12 players long. No, that's right. And they did ask Matthews. He's like, oh, you know, bumps and bruises. Like, it was pretty clear he was not shooting right. Well, his his wrist was taped. And there was something wrong with his wrist, undoubtedly. He exactly. tape on the wrist. You don't put tape on your wrist because you feel cool. You wear a bracelet. Yeah. Or something. It, I did read something that said, like, no chance he's doing a surgery so it's nothing that crazy apparently but sounds like he was just banged up going in the playoffs and it definitely showed and it especially his play I'd say from the first round to the second round even in the level of physicality he did uh, block a shit ton of shots too so credit to him for adapting his game as I know in the past we've pleaded with some of those guys to do so and he got a ton of hits too does it hurt that Neil, William Nylander is the most tradable of the big four, and yet he has been our best player in the playoffs for at least three years now? Well, of course it is. I mean, I don't think you can trade Marner at all, or uh, Nylander at all. You cannot trade Nylander. You can't, you, I, think you, I think we have to re-sign Nylander. I think, I think you have to get, like, continue to get more out of this guy. Like, I, I feel like he's, I don't know, the talent level. How, see how effortlessly he was skating the puck up the ice? throughout the playoffs like he was just a he was a breakout and zone entry machine dude once he gets those crossovers burning just, you're you're toast like it's crazy how he skates by at least three guys almost every time he touches the puck effort effortlessly and he really started to drive the net later in the series create a lot of opportunities scored another big goal so my second question for you is a perfect segue to what you just mentioned. Um, it's a two-parter, okay? It's a oh two-part boy. question. Do you believe that one of Marner or Nylander should be moved? And if yes, what is your move? And I don't mean for this guy and two picks. Just which one? Yeah. Marner. Right. I think it's so obvious. Is it not the most obvious thing in the world? Yeah. And this is the this is the conversation that I want to steer us towards because I want to have the Mitch Marner conversation. Oh, boy. Oh, I have, boy. That's I have a some, big one. I have some pretty strong opinions on this one. And before I lay them out for you, I'd like to give you the floor. Um, you know? I, I don't like to say that you can't win with X or they don't have it. Right. But they're were way too many occasions. And it's interesting because Mitch is so good, he still continued to drive some play, but a shitload of perimeter play. And just a deer in the headlights a lot of the time. There, He played a really big game in the one game that they won. He laid quite a few hits, which probably the first time I've seen him be that consistently physical he in a hockey buried game. buried Gudis into was, the end boards, there I was remember. Some, there was some adaptation from him in that series, but... 
I feel like that guy has just disappointed me too many times. I for for there was a time period in that series against Florida where I was having flashbacks to Montreal, Toronto, for the way he was playing. I was ready for him to shoot the puck out of the glass twice. Yeah, that's where that's where he was at. With flips me. it into the stratosphere. So I I don't know what it is about this guy. It, it's the pressure. It doesn't sit well with him. I was really upset. For for Keith basically for not giving Nylander to Matthews mm-hmm. to help you know bulk up the offense like well, get something going. Well, I think what you're getting at, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to speak for you, but Marner was dragging Matthews down. Oh, absolutely, Marner was dragging absolutely. him down. There's no doubt in my mind about it. The the amount of giveaways was, and it's just it was simple stuff. It was like little soft plays, taking taking too much time. Uh, making the cross the ice sauce pass that you should you can't make in the playoffs. The uh, not moving your feet, yes. like having the puck and just head up, deer yeah. in the headlights, yeah. not knowing what to do, but your feet aren't moving, so you're way too easy to check. So, um, thank you for your thoughts. What uh, are, what are your answers to your question? My answer it's to a two parter. Uh, well, no, the two parter was one. Do you think one of them should be moved? Yes, I and mean, you never you never answered that one actually. Do you think one of them should be moved? And if yes, which one? You said Marner. But do I you would think- say yes because if there was one guy of the four, I guess, that I would try to move in the offseason, it's Mitch Marner. Yeah, but do you think that they should? That's what I'm trying to ask you. Do you think that we need to make a move on the core? And it can't be Tavares because he's not going anywhere. Yes, and it, that's can't, what I- it can't be Matthews. Let's be fucking yeah, real. he's the guy. Okay, and it shouldn't be Nylander. That's right, and that leaves you with one option. One right? option and one but option should only. They? Should they? I don't is know the how much thought I put into should they. Or should they run it back because he gets 100 points and he was, by I'll all say, accounts, okay, so he got a ton of points in the playoffs. I'll say yes, and, here, and here's why. And I'll just, one reason this okay. whole thing is culture change. That's it. Oh, I'm so glad. Okay, so you're, we're on the same page, which Cause, is uh, cause obviously never if, happens. If you're ever going to make a deal for the guy, you need to get top, and I assume that they would, him being probably one of the best wingers in the league over a, a few, at least a few years, we'll yes, say. Yes, of course. So oh, his value is immensely high. So not concerning myself about that at all. It's a hard trade to win. Don't get me wrong there. But it's more about, A, freeing out the cap, and B, changing the culture. Okay, That's so it. I think... You are so correct, and I can't wait to, to, to pile on to that. Pile on. But also, dude, I, I just think that you, you completely shift away from what hasn't been working this whole time. I think we lose that trade on paper, but as we've seen over the last handful of years, you can't win in the playoffs on paper. Yep. Even though every time you look at it on paper, you're like, man... Yeah. Fuck, the Leafs are really good. I consider And now it, they have home ice advantage like we have had recently, right? Like we should have been yeah. beating all these teams, but we never do because you don't win it on paper. Yeah, and that's why that's the fundamental argument for change. It's, there's been t- several situations, the Florida series included, that ultimately they were in a situation they could have taken advantage of that they could have won and they didn't. Right, it's it's a lot different when you're the underdog and you're just like, good try out there, boys. Yeah, we'll see you next year. Yeah, yeah. It's we're not we're not there anymore. No, but remember how fun it was in 2017. Good old days. We'll in call the spring that. of 2017 when uh, we made the playoffs kind of miraculously in everyone's rookie year or whatever. 
Uh, and then we uh, played the Caps and, and won an overtime Good game. Good times. Kasperi Kapanen. Uh, Connor you know. Brown. Yeah, right? Like, but remember how fun that was? Because there was, real no, there was really yeah. no expectation. We're, we're, those are long gone. That feels like 25 years ago at it this does. point. It does. It does. So, that's, so why we're, that's why they're at where they're at, right? So continuing the Marner discussion, your two points were uh, cap relief. Yeah, re- reallocation of resources. Cap relief, and uh, that's a really good way to put it too. Real uh, relocation of resources, whatever the hell you just said. <laughs> Reallocation of resources. There you go. Um, a dramatical shift away. A dramatical shift a dramatical of resources. Shift away. And the other one was the culture change. And yes. that's the one that I want to talk about because when people ask me about Marner, um, I mean, I have the conversation daily, it seems. And people ask me about Marner. My response is that, unfortunately, I think Marner has proven now that he is the losing culture. He, right. he exudes the losing culture. And I was really, I, I honestly, dude, I'm really disappointed about it because I like Mitch Marner. I want, Which incredible hockey I player. want things to go well with Mitch Marner, but the problem is I, I just don't think he can handle it. And for whatever reason it is, I think it's fair. I, I like. I don't think it's fair to point the finger at him and say you're the reason we lose. Blah blah blah. Like that's so unfair. Yeah, it's a team game. I th- but and- at the end of the day, dude, I just think that like he doesn't get to hop on a bird and fly to Sweden. He doesn't get to hop on a bird and fly to Arizona like his teammates. Right. Do. He has to sit in his own shirt. All <laughs> summer long, he goes to get groceries. He goes to get a couple of ciders. Oh, he doesn't do any of that at the LCBO. He's at the. He's on floating around a boat on in Muskoka the whole time. Sure, but where's Muskoka? Not far. Exactly, and and people know Mitch Marner, and and I don't you know. know, I think I I think I'll I'll like tack on the end of this. I'm sure he could figure it out, but so far he hasn't. You know, that's what it boils down to for me. He played. In both series, and I know he was the leading point scorer in the Tampa series. Which is hilarious that we're talking about him after that, after he produced so well. But in when the offense dries up and you don't find another way to contribute and your entire game falls apart, that's where you get start getting in rough territory for me. But you know what, though, man? If you rewind a lot of those Tampa goals that they scored against us, because if you recall... There were a lot of Tampa goals that happened at just like like the worst time, you know. Like oh, yeah. we, we had just scored, and then they score or whatever. I like, feel like that happens a lot. It was like they a lot of the Tampa goals they didn't come like it, they didn't score the sixth goal to make it six two. They scored the third goal to make it three two, and you're like, fuck, we just got back in this thing, and now we're chasing it again. If you rewind a lot of those really timely goals by Tampa. Like a lot of them happened because of poor decisions that Mitchell Marner made like way earlier. Mm. And I understand that each play, it's a butterfly effect well, like, and tur- each play matters. Turnovers but, like, and poor coverage. Yeah. There were plenty examples of both throughout the playoffs. My My overall opinion is that he plays like a scared little boy out there yeah and i felt when he should be a beastly I man felt that i know way, he's not big but i felt that way in both series there were moments where they looked scared to lose 
which you you know they they always say you can't hate to lose or uh, you need uh, or sorry you don't, you don't love winning you gotta hate losing. No, that's right. Right, but if you're scared to lose, it's just you like, want to win, but you're scared to lose. But you're waiting for someone else to do it. Right, you're right. waiting for someone else to put the you know for to step up for the big moment or make that big player get the boys going any of that you're you're one of those guys who waves the stick and you're looking around that's the type of player that I feel like they need to get away from so we'll settle on culture change and it's cap reallocation and call it a day <laughs> resources a dramatical shift away from our previous thinking that's right um do you have any fun thoughts because I have one um, do you have any fun thoughts with regards to a potential trade? Like, do you have a mock no. uh, in your mind? Are you thinking about a mock? No, with? I have no idea. No. That's why the craziest thing with this offseason. And I was saying this right after they lost. I'm like, I have no idea what's going to happen But like, you haven't read any mocks that you kind of liked? No. Or? no, I try not to wade too hard into those things, especially, like I said, we're at a situation where there's a lot that could happen. I guess that maybe makes them a bit more interesting at this point because of course there's so many possibilities right now. Of course, yeah, that's what I just said earlier. It's it's got to be one of, if not the most fascinating off seasons in 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 franchise history. Normally, I tune out <laughs> hockey pretty hard at this point when the Leafs lose, so they've kept me engaged a little bit anyway with all these stories. So you don't it's have been harder to shut out this year. Right. Move on to the Blue Jays. That's why we're here. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have any partners or any mocks. Um, I- I've seen a few things. Uh, Cody Jacobs, friend of the show. Um, he, he, he really loves Anaheim as a, uh, as a potential fit. Um, okay. You know, he got him as far as way as possible. Just kind of floated out some ideas. Um, I got laughed out of the chat group uh, initially uh, for suggesting this, but upon further discussion and review, I, I really do believe that there is a possible trade uh, between the the Leafs and the Caps, which would provide Mitchell Marner. Ovechkin? No, it would provide <laughs> Mitchell Marner to the Caps to feed Ovechkin, one of the premier passers, playmakers in the NHL today, to try and get their guy oh, to the Wayne Gretzky. Selling point. Right? Right. So I think there's a trade there where Marner is involved in some capacity with the likes of Tom Wilson, oh. a player that I think... Big, you're talking huge change. I think it should be... A, I that's, think, that's fantasy stuff. But is it though? What uh, you definitely there's got to be a lot more. No, no, I'm not saying one up. Like there's got to be a lot my, more. My right? suggestion was Tom Wilson and John Carlson at 50% retained. Oh, and probably a, a prospect. Interesting, right? And How much does? Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, because Carlson at 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 50% retained, I think that's I, pretty exciting. When you I got was, me excited there, when I'll I was give you that. when I was looking at it, Car- Carlson is in his early. They didn't 30s. interview you for the GM, did they? They should have. Holy I, shit! I submitted my resume um, the moment that I saw the uh, the presser, but let 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 me let me look it up here for you because I do want to uh, go just a little bit further because I just think it's interesting, man. Um, so Carlson, if we were able to retain fifty percent, uh, he's thirty-three years old and he makes eight million uh, for the next two seasons. Actually, uh, excuse me, it'll be three seasons. Carlson Wilson, give us the first round. No, or two? two. I was wrong. Two seasons. Yeah. So if it was fifty percent retained, you'd get Carlson, um, a thirty-three-year-old 
right shot D-man for $4 million. Um, and then you would get Tom Wilson, who is a 29-year-old Torontonian. Um, and we'll see what his contract is in just a moment here. So, do we get a first, too? Sure. I mean, I don't know, dude. I, like, uh, you know At what least I mean? out, of, out of first in yeah. there, and I would... I don't know how how long are those guys under contract. Uh, Wilson will be entering his final year at five point one. Final year, ooh, so he's basically rental territory. What about Carlson? Car- I just said Carlson has two. Two years, okay. Two mm. years of Carlson at four million, and then Tom Wilson, hometown boy, one year, and maybe extend him. Like you maybe need, like you need like a almost a pre extension, a sign on and that trade, one. a sign and trade. Si- like like well, you know who recently did a sign oh, and trade? A guy? Do you know a guy? <laughs> I know a guy. All right, his name is Jim. <laughs> <laughs> or wait, no, it's Brad. Oh That's my right, God, Brad. you call him Jim again? No, I did that as a joke. Uh, Come yeah. on, you know it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I'm with you, dude. I think I've said that before on this show that I'm not. I'm not big into like mocks or or hypotheticals or whatever. But but if you wanted to do what you said, I is trade one of those four guys and change the culture of that hockey team. Bring in a couple Stanley Cup winners, and you bring in Tom Wilson, who just plays hockey a different way. That's what I mean. I think a guy like Tom Wilson plays— and You get more guys who play similar hockey to him. He plays hockey the way we, we need it to be. You know, and it, you know, even if they don't end up winning because hockey's shit luck anyways, I'd be entertained. You're goddamn right. They would, they would feed my thirst for blood. <laughs> of course they would. I mean, you think about um, losing Marner— and I remember one guy I was talking to, like, he said Give me a prospect in there, too. Give me a prospect. That's what I said. Any I prospect. prospects there? I don't know. Any high drop? See, they've got a few first-rounders this year. Maybe they get something nice. <laughs> you can look at it on your own time. All right. I- I'm glad I provided you with an interesting mock, though. I'm happy that you're I- intrigued I- I about my I guess I've mock. never, like, gone that far down the road of being like, well, what are you going to get from Mitch Murray? A bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right? bu- you just think, like, a couple of first well, the way prospect I, in a player. The way I like to look at it when I throw my GM hat on is I like to look at it in terms of what's my target. What does your I, GM I, hat look like? I, oh, there it is. It's hanging up right over there. It's it's straw. It's one of those straw hats oh, yeah. like a Mexican would yeah, wear yeah. kind of. Um, so anyhow, I like to put my GM hat on and look at my target. Not so much what player do I want to move from. It's more what like, are you looking for? Yeah, what am I looking for? Now, in this sense, we don't need to ask the question, what player are we moving from? Because in my opinion, it's Marner anyway. Right. So I already know who I'm moving. Now I understand that the return value for that player is quite immense because even though he has not been able to succeed in the playoffs, it's a team game. He makes 10.9 and he might get 112 points next year. Yep. Right? So the value is still there for Marner. It's not like he makes $15.5 million and he was egregiously overpaid. I personally believe he was a little bit overpaid at the time of the deal. Yeah. But, but key words being a little bit. Yeah. Like not the end of the world. So I think his value is still really good. And when I consider the target, the only target that I can think of on this planet right now is Tom Wilson. Yeah. I can't think of any other player in the league that I would rather hand select. Like if I could just get him and bring him. That's just an old school one player. fan wet dream. He's 29. Yeah. He's from Toronto. You know? Can't he, say no to that. He won his cup. He's protected Ovechkin for many years. Like, maybe it's just time for him to move on anyways, Lesko. Maybe, especially with Washington. I don't know. I don't know what – it would be interesting to know what Washington's offseason plans are. Are they still on a reload type situation, or are they embracing the downfall? 
But you see the fun thing about Washington, like I told you earlier, you, what did you call it? You called it a good selling point. Oh, yeah. Here's Marner. Using Marner to feed Ovechkin the puck. Yeah. So even while they suck, they can make sure that Ovechkin's still filling the net. Yeah, dude. That's good for business. It is good for business. They will sell the tickets like hotcakes. You might have to broker this deal. So we got to get a hold of True Living. We got to get a hold of whoever's running the caps right now. And we got to broker a deal. Craig Conroy. That's the Flames. Oh, caps. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um,. Who is uh, the GM of the Caps? Now you got me thinking. Is well, it Brian McClellan? I have no idea. I think it's Brian McClellan. No, it's George McPhee. No, George McPhee's in Vegas. Okay, yeah, how about how about Vegas, though? You want to talk about turnover and trading star players? Um, Those are the guys. Uh, no, I don't want to talk about that, actually. What I want to talk about as our final segment. What's a better story? Florida winning the Cup after all these years and only having what the one one playoff series or something. Oh, it's in, definitely in Florida. Thirty years or something. It's definitely Florida. Or is it Vegas being in the league for f- what four years? Nah, Vegas already six went, years. Vegas already went to a. How final. long have they been in the league? I don't know. Vegas already went to the final. Yeah, but winning the cup. I know that, but they were already recently there. Right. So it's it's less. It's it's less. It's less of a cool story. It's less of a cool story. And then right. you add in the fact that the Panthers had to take out like if they if they do win the cup, they were more they were Cinderella last time because right now they're the favorite. That's right. right. Yeah. And yeah. if Florida wins the cup, let's go. They will have beaten four out of the top five teams in the NHL, which is pretty wild to do so. Like the fact that they steamrolled. Both the Leafs and Carolina alone is stunning. Right. Not to mention beating what everyone was calling the greatest team in history. Well, the Boston it, Bruins, it is so. the greatest team in history, right? Yeah. So they beat the greatest team in history. Then they beat like the the third best team, I think, which second or third. Then they beat the Leafs, which were the fifth best team. And now they're going to beat uh, if they beat the 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 Vegas, then they'll have beaten four out of the top five teams in the NHL. Like, that's insane. What's a bigger story? Florida wins the Stanley Cup or Latvia got a bronze medal at the World Championships? Oh, dude, Latvia, that was a really cool That was really cool. See. Former Maple Leaf, yeah. Christian Rubens, with two of the biggest goals of his life. I think he had one goal <laughs> his AHL career or something. Guy scores the tire and the OT winner. Yeah, I think I heard Mike Johnson say that. He had two goals all year. Yeah. Like, this season, he had two goals all year. Yeah. And he had two tonight. Like The that, tire that and the winner. That's crazy. Incredible. That's crazy. Okay, um, last segment that I wanted to talk about before we wrap. Um, geez, time has flown. Buck 20 already. Wow. Um, Thanks the, a lot, Leafs. The Ottawa Senators. Oh, yeah. Not much cooking there. What no do more, you mean not no much, much cooking there? No more Ryan Reynolds. Well, that, that's the interesting part is that we all thought we were going to have an answer by now, and it, it felt like... Uh, Mr. Ian Mednes had been kind of alluding to that. And then now there are reports that it's kind of gone sideways, disorganized, I guess. And the funding arrangements are not coming through. This is definitely the most interesting sale, maybe in, in pro sports history, because sales of franchises are not something that you and I hear about. On the couch. We hear about it when it's done. Adam Lesko, multi-billionaire. He has purchased the Ottawa Senators. Oh, good for him. Cool. That's it. 
That's all we know. We know that the team is for sale, and then we know that it was sold. We don't know anything yeah. about the, the in-between. And now, all we fucking have is the in-between. Like, that sandwich in between the two buns, it has been growing and growing and growing. I can't even get my mouth on the fucking thing, man. Like, it's just, it's just wild. It's gone so sideways, and it started when Reynolds was out. And I'm kind of asking some Sens buddies. You know, of course, where we live here in Pembroke, there's lots of them. Talking to some Sens buddies. Hey, what, you know, what happened with Reynolds? Like, I'm genuinely asking. They always think I'm chirping because I'm a Leaf fan. Ooh, what happened with Reynolds? I want to know because I'm not really following up. I'm not a huge Sens fan. I don't care. But now it's being provided to me on a daily basis that things are just weird. I think things are changing every day, it seems, in the situation. But when, Re- when Reynolds was out, I wanted to know what the Sens fans' opinions were because I saw lots of people changing their, face, uh, changing their Facebook profile picture to like a, the Sens logo, but it was the Deadpool face. Oh, boy. You know what I mean? Because so that Ren- dream's dead. That dream is dead. But why, though? Right? And a lot of what I was hearing was, you know, well, he, he's just out. Like, wh- <laughs> why, though? Like, he was all in. And the bid was being proposed. It wasn't like we were two years into this thing and a year and a half ago he expressed some interest. Like he was, he was in. And then all of a sudden he was out. And I thought that was curious. Would I, would I have classified it as catastrophic at the time? No. But looking back now, I think even that was something to raise your eyebrows about. Like why did he suddenly withdraw? And why... Are we now having bidders, namely Nico Sparks, um, you know, seeking additional funding after the 11th hour when it's generally not standard practice? It seems like do that. the price has been driven up so high that some of these groups may have ended up in situations that they had didn't originally plan to have the backing for. But yeah... The the Sparks bid's pretty last minute too, so be interesting to see if they actually settle this or you know are they going to hit the reset button right now? Like it's kind of a it's a bit of a sideshow right now for the NHL, and, and they're getting asked a lot of questions and not nobody's getting answers. So well, and you know we'll what? See I, what happens? You know what I thought was really interesting, dude. Um, Sparks was on Twitter, like keyboard warrior against random people about about the Ottawa Senators yeah like people were because originally the Sparks deal was something great okay let's go lots of billionaires another buddy of mine said hey if he wants to bring in a few more guys what's the problem there let's get multiple billionaires you know we went from a billionaire that never spent a dime maybe we'll get multiple billionaires and that I think that's a fair uh thought as well but now they're they're turning on it like the Sens fans uh, maybe not all of them, but I'm seeing. I think a lot people of them, are just getting impatient. They're turning on it. People are just getting impatient. Like they just want everyone just wants to be done because right now it's getting to a point where it's holding up probably the operations of the team. Of course it it's is. It's going to start interfering with the day to day shit, dude. Of course it is. Like yeah. they they don't even really know what the fuck is going on. Like is is Dory on the they, GM? They is he going to run get the this, draft? They need to get this done. Uh, interesting thing: the only uh, NHL hockey team that Call of Duty has files on Twitter right now, or most recently. 
So I read was the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, and that's so. why I asked you about Ottawa, not only because it's an interesting point of discussion with the sale. We, can't, we couldn't do that to our friend Pierre Dorian. He'll be there. But yeah, friend of the show, Pierre He'll Dorian. He'll stick around. He'll but, be there. But what about the Dubas situation? Because it's, it's been reported it's that. It's going to be up in the air, right? Like, it's, a lot of us is. The future of the Ottawa Senators is going to be dictated by this, so it's unfortunate that it's taken as long as it has when we were expecting this to be done by now. Right, but we were also expecting Dubas to accept the Pittsburgh job as early as yesterday. Yeah, and I didn't see much on that. Sarah Valley is reporting that he's declined. Is that right? He's rejected the okay. offer. Well, now, it's Sarah Valley. He's had some hits and misses, okay? So take that for what it's worth. But if he ultimately does reject the offer, is he sitting there holding out for Ottawa, and I want to tie some loose ends together here that might help make sense. I read uh, a Mendez article, friend of the show, Ian Mendez, um, read an article where he alluded to the desire from Olivia Melnick, one of the daughters, the desire by Olivia to have the team be much more forward thinking, much more culturally diverse ah. and much more inclusive. Right. And I think Kyle Dubas kind of represents all of those things. Right. And I'm wondering if there's some little conversations behind closed doors where it's her team to sell. And are <laughs> you in a situation where, hey, lady, shut up and sell the team? Or are you going to leave a lasting imprint by saying, I wonder how much. I'll sell you the team. But this guy needs to be the president. I, I wonder how much involvement they have. Like, that's a good question. And Mel, Melnick... Hopefully or, we'll find me, out whenever it does get Mendez, sold. Mendez's mm -hmm. article for those subscribers of The Athletic was a fantastic read. Um, he's obviously got his, his nose to the ground in terms of what's going on with this sale. And he had some really interesting thoughts. Now, uh, they were hypotheticals last goal. Like they were, he made sure to describe that. Like, look at none of this is insider information. Yeah. It's just what I'm thinking right now. And if I'm going to take anyone's opinion at, at face value, it's definitely. Oh, Ian he's been Mendes. following it closely. He's been yeah. right on top of it. And I can even tell just by the tone that he's taken throughout. He's, he's probably getting impatient to trying to, uh, figure out what's going on well, and dude, didn't see we, when this is going to get done. Didn't we have him on like around Christmas time, like late in the year in 2022? Because I remember asking him when the calendar turns to 2023, what are we expecting? What are we looking forward to? And he made it sound like it would all but be done, signed, sealed, and delivered by January, February. Well, it was sounding like March, I remember. It, it, there was a lot people think it was going to be done sometime early during the playoffs. So Right. Yeah, still waiting on that. So that'll be an interesting story. And you know we're going to talk it to death whenever it does happen. <laughs> All right, man. Well, listen, is that is that time for the rap show? Yep, or what? Sounds good, buddy. Good show. <sighs> it was a good show. You know, I, I was not. See you next year. I was not really <laughs> looking forward to it, to be honest with you. I, I, I was after a while. Once the dust settles, started to settle, you feel a little bit better and you at least have a bit more of a clear head because, you know, the immediate reaction after is always the same. Ah, screw all these guys. Burn it all down. They can all kiss my arse. Who cares? Fire everybody. It's true. And <laughs> that's always the immediate reaction. And, you know, the really I funny... I hate them all. <laughs> the funny thing that you pointed out earlier, too, was about content consumption. When you were like, normally at this time... I'm, I'm over it. I'm yeah. not interested in, in consuming I'm, any I'm content. Gone. I'm on the Dude, water. 
for the first seven or eight days after the fallout and the Shani press conference, like I couldn't refresh fast enough. I needed I needed any angle. I needed Elliot Friedman. I needed Chris Johnson. I needed anyone with anything to give it to me. And you know what? They provided it. There was a lot going on, and I had actually taken two days away when I was at the cottage. It happened like the Friday. I was gone for a few days. Well, I texted you for emergency podcast. And then I check, and I'm like, holy crap, a lot of news is flying around. I figured there would be, so... I really do think ultimately it was a good decision not to emergency pod. Oh yeah, it, it would have worked. I would have been. It wouldn't have worked, <laughs> especially because we we still would have been reeling trying to figure out what the hell was going on, right? Yeah, that's true. No, you're so right because we knowing more, more of the story definitely yeah. more beneficial when you're you right. got to talk about it for two hours. We got more clarity. All right, folks. Well, 90 minutes in the books, episode 111. Thanks for joining. Uh, we'll see you when we see you. Maybe in a couple weeks. We do have a guest um, lined up, Lesko, that I got to talk to you about off air. Pretty exciting guest, new friend of the show. Uh, you're going to want to hear it. Follow us on Twitter at Coleman42, at Lesko Adam, at PuckPod. Let us know what you think. Who should go? Who should stay? Should I fire Lesko and find a new co host? <laughs> we'll find out. Power struggle. <laughs> <laughs>